You are listening to Did You Hear? 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 The Johnson County Library Podcast. We are coming to you from the Central Resource Library in Overland Park, Kansas. This is your Library Insider. In this episode of Did You Hear? Dave Carson hosts Science Teller Brock Hatton and Youth Services Librarian Jama Zook to share the details about the action-packed and educational adventure Aliens Escape from Earth. Then you've probably heard Youth Services Librarian Dennis Ross on KCUR recommending kids' books. It turns out he's not too big of a star for our meager podcast and suggests some great space-themed kids' books. Join us as we go deep inside our summer reading theme, A Universe of Stories. Welcome back to Did You Hear, where we continue to explore our summer reading theme, A Universe of Stories, and... We have so many different programs for you around that theme, and a lot of them are for kids. And so today I have one of our youth services librarians. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jama, and I'm out at Gardner Spring Hill in Edgerton. Excellent. And you have a guest with you? Yes, I have Brock from Science Tellers. Okay. Hi, welcome. And I want to go ahead and read... uh, about your event here. It's Science Tellers. Aliens Escape is an action-packed and educational adventure about an unusual meteor shower and family of visitors from another planet. It's totally out of this world. The story is energized by audience-activated chemical reactions, demonstrations of Boyle's Law, energy transfer rainstorms, and much more. Wow, that sounds really cool. So, Brock, what's your role in all of this? Yes, so I am a science teller. Um, A science teller is part scientist, part storyteller. Um, So I um, use throughout the story or throughout the show that I, I tell um, I for the first part of the show I tell a story to the audience um, and throughout that story I use science experiments to uh, basically enhance the story and use special effects uh, to bring the story to life and then for the second half of the show I actually bring volunteers from the audience up and demonstrate the science experiments that we've done throughout the show um, to demonstrate the, sh- the science experiments for the kids and actually explain the science behind the special effects that we perform throughout the story. Wow. So w- would you consider yourself a performer first or a scientist first, or, or are you both have I, feet in both worlds? I definitely do. Um, actually, I went to school and studied biomedical sciences, um, as well as got a minor in theater arts. Okay. Um, so wow. I was uh, studying science the entire time I was in college while performing on stage the full time. Um, currently, right now, I am a full time performer. Um, I act full-time, but I am using my uh, science background in this show um, to help teach kids about uh, the science behind the uh, experiments that we do in the show today. Wow, and, and wow, how important to, you know, introduce kids to science, and you seem uniquely qualified to bring <laughs> that to life and make it fun and more accessible. I mean, I, lo- I love this job. Because do, do you have a lot of fun doing it? Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. uh, the kids are always so excited to be there, and this these, uh, the experiments that we do are um, engaging, and um, the kids are always excited to, you know, be hands-on with 
with the experiments because yeah. we do a lot of things where you know we really need uh, kids to reach out and touch the experiments and um, really be involved in making them happen. So wow. So yes. tell us a, a, about these experiments and and how they augment the story that yes, you're telling. Yes, of course. Um, so throughout the story, um, aliens escape from Earth. Um, it's a it's a story about a, a duo of a brother a brother sister duo who find a crashed alien spaceship in the forest and through some mishaps and adventures um, they come across a the villain of the story a crazy science space scientist called dr cosmo and he has trapped a family of uh, aliens in his secret underground lab and haley and caesar have to help those aliens escape from his clutches <laughs> and um throughout the story they run into oh slimy green alien goo that they that is you know gross for the kids to touch and sure. feel and um they have to help them blast off in their rocket and um they also run into a giant windstorm and a rainstorm, um, that all of these uh, experiments are um, help narrate the story along and um, show the kids. So there's, you know, a film canister rocket that we shoot off um, when the rocket blasts off into space. Um, we bring out a, a leaf blower and teach the kids about wind energy um, as yeah. well as uh, rain energy um, and transfer of energy from, um, from the wind to matter okay. as well. Um, we also teach about, as you mentioned, Bohr's Law. Um, so the um, idea behind uh, pressure and how um, gas expands and fills the space entirely and once that space is filled where does that uh, air pressure go wow. and how it expands beyond the capacity of its container um, so it's a lot of really cool um, you know blast off sort of situations sure. but as well as uh, teaching the kids the science behind how those right. blasts off happen and i imagine the parents are probably learning quite a bit <laughs> it's, too it's true i i always have uh, parents come up after a show and thank me for you know at least teaching them something as well as their kids so it's really fun well, well, Jima, let's let's make sure everyone knows where and when these are. What uh, what's the schedule? Sure, we have um, science tellers are coming to three different libraries. We they will be at Blue Valley Library on Thursday, July 11th, from 10 to 11 a.m. They're going to be out at Gardner Library Tuesday, July 30th, from 10 to 11 a.m. And then later that same day, Tuesday, July 30th, they'll be at Central Resource Library from 2 to 3 p.m. Okay, great. So we have multiple offerings, but it's also limited. Uh, is there limited space? or, is, or we There is going to be limited space because at each of those locations, you know, there's room capacity. So um, definitely show up a little bit early because I think this will be a really popular program. Oh, I think so too. And so I should describe how uh, Brock is dressed. Oh, yes, so please, please give so him we, the full... We, uh, <laughs> we, we were all joking. It's like, well, we need to go out to the lobby of the Central Resource Library where we're recording this and we need to find Brock. How are we going to find him? And one of my colleagues, Mary, uh, joked, well, look for the guy in the white lab coat. Close. He was wearing a lab coat, but it is very colorful. It's very, uh, it's a tie-dye, right? It's tie-dye, yes. Got, it's rainbow tie-dye. Yeah, um, rainbow tie-dye. This is, the, uh, this is um, science tellers uh, identifier, um, all of our science tellers throughout the country. Um, there are 49 science tellers across the nation right now. Wow. And uh, we all are 
showing off our uh, tie-dye lab coats. This is how the company started because um, Science Tellers really has an idea of being uh, making connections between the sure. audience and science and really connecting between community and a library. And okay. um, we feel that if, you know, that a light with a white lab coat really sort of it makes it sort of a little too clinical. clinical. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. Uh, and showing off the bright tie-dye makes science approachable and fun and really exciting and also me up there in a white lab coat isn't as exciting as to watch as me dancing around in a uh, in a rainbow color sure. you know <laughs> well so I, I take it there are other stories than you you all tell yes uh, this season um, based off of the um, you know the the program universe of stories the right. uh, science tellers is doing aliens escape from earth this year right. um, next year uh, it's a completely new story it's called um, uh, dragons the return of the ice sorceress oh, so right. that one is all about um, oh there's a lot of like dry ice experiments uh -huh. with um, fog and, oh, and blowing like really cool fog bubbles and everything. Um, so yes, the story changes every year, so every annual. summer. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yes, we'll be doing this program um, through uh, the next year until May. Um, so we'll be going around during the school year as well, um, going around to schools and education programs um, across the uh, nation, um, telling this story until May. And then we switch over to the new program um, after May of sure. next year. So do year. you uh, determine certain scientific uh, principles that you really want to hit on in a particular year, or is it more based on what the story is and what kind of uh, scientific principles you can draw from that? Yes, um, they, they, it typically is uh, based off of the um, nationwide um, idea of the uh, the the um, reading program for the summer, uh -huh. um, and so Universal Stories was the uh, was the story for this year, and they um, decided that telling that story would be best through the aliens uh, escape from Earth story. Um, but I believe next year's is a fantasy um, uh -huh. idea, and so they decided to switch it up and go with the ice sorceress story. So yeah, so the the idea sort of spawns from the reading um, program uh -huh. um, for the nation, and then we. Uh, plan our science experiments with our um, partnering company to um, build science experiments around that sort of idea. I see. And see how we can expand the science experiments, experiments that we've already done in the past and how we can change and alter them to better, you know, teach and uh, narrate our stories. Yeah, and, and, and really any exposure to scientific, scientific principles and scientific experiments and just you know, encouraging curiosity. Oh, exactly. And uh, hopefully these kids will explore and want to learn more about science. Yes, and we, um, after the show, we always pass out um, a little card that actually has a science experiment for the kids to do at home, too, um, to help them, um, you know, if, if in case they want to uh, keep that curiosity going and, and uh, perform these experiments at home. There's, um, there's an alien goo experiment that they can do at home with their family and, like, make their own alien goo at home, which is really fun. That is. It's very exciting. So, are are you sensing from uh, the 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 parents and the kids that you work with, Jema? Are, are they pretty excited about this event? Yeah, I went and promoted at the schools summer reading, and this was one of the programs that the kids were really excited about. I think because they get to participate in oh, it. Oh, definitely. Um, and I was telling them that you know, oh man, I'm going to have to clean up after this one, and so they thought that was pretty <laughs> funny too. So, um, yeah, they're pumped about this one. <laughs> well, so if we could remind people once again, when uh, uh, when and where? Sure. So at Blue Valley Library, um, Science Tellers will be there Thursday, July 11th at 10 a.m. They'll be at Gardner Library Tuesday, July 30th, and they'll be at Central Resource Library Tuesday, July 30th at 2 p.m.
That sounds really great. Brock, you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I mean, I, I will be performing in all three places all, at all times. So, um, yes, I am the representative for the uh, Kansas City and surrounding area. Great. Um, we have, like I said, we have 49 of uh, me and my fellow science tellers around the nation. Um, so please, yes, look us up. We're um, on uh, Facebook and Instagram, um, and you get to see me and my uh, colorful tie-dye uh, <laughs> tie-dye lab coat on there. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome back to Did You Hear? We are ready to recommend some books and uh, we're staying on the kids theme. So as you know, our summer theme is a universe of stories. And so that's all about space and uh, astronauts and uh, planets, all kinds of good stuff. And so who better to bring in to talk about kids' books that talk about all those subjects? <sighs> Who's better than Dennis Ross? We brought the well, all-star. And, and <laughs> so many I, 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 I should say, hi, welcome, Dennis. Thank you. Thank okay. you very much. So, Dennis, you're on KCUR all the time on uh, Steve Kraske's show. Uh, is this a little bit different for you? This is, yeah, a little bit different. That's twice a year. Yeah, okay. And uh, that's live radio, so we don't get to back up and cut things out we don't like. Right. And then we pretty much just talk about whatever kids and teens books that we want to recommend. For, and we usually give it a theme, but we only stick with the theme if we feel like it. Kind of like today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today's theme's pretty cool, though. I think if I were a kid, this would be right up my alley. I, I, I think um, I discovered sci-fi pretty early and so maybe this mm -hmm. is kind of the doorway for kids to go into sci-fi uh, you know a short little note so i have a daughter right <laughs> yeah and so when i was a kid when not when she was a kid um she would watch star trek with me right and i was like you know hazel why why do you like watching star trek and she's like well you learn about space and i'm like you know it's not <laughs> real right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny yeah that's all right um so uh, what kind of books did you bring today to talk well, about? Well, I did bring pretty much all space books. You know, and, and to my mind, that the theme, a universe of stories, is suitably vague. I mean, you can make it be anything you want. Right. Um, it could be any kind of stories. But today I did bring books about space and space travel. And, and some of them are more informational than others. And they're all for different age groups. Um, you want to talk about some of them? Yeah. yeah There's one that's um, bound to be a crowd pleaser. It's called... How do you burp in space? And other tips every space tourist needs to know. Um, and your colleague just told me that books that say uh, that are about burping or farting are, are big. Oh, yeah. With kids, anything big about success. burp, big bodily functions, anything about underwear, uh -huh. you got them. You're, you're there. Um, and this one is really written as a tourist guide. So how to get oriented, how to plan your trip, what to take with you, what to expect when you get to space. It's got all kinds of travel alerts and travel tips all the way through it lots of really fun pictures you know what's on thinking about food and um and going to the bathroom <laughs> in space and you know what happens when you get sick in space and there's all kinds of little little boxes that are called travel alert or or space tip or space story so they've got you know what photos and uh, stories of real astronauts on the space shuttle and their experiences and uh, what's the best time to go, the best season, and um, the right lingo to use. So it's really just full of lots of fun things that about traveling awesome. in space, yeah. How's the artwork? 
Um, it's very fun. There's a, there are you know kind of cartoony illustrations, but there's a lot of photos also of real space travel. So it's good, it, and it's uh, you know broken up into boxes of different sizes and shapes and colors. So it's very okay. visually appealing. Neat. So what was the title of that one again? How Do You Burp in Space? Okay, and who's the uh, author and the illustrator? Let's see. The author, I'll look in the front, is Susan Goodman. Okay. And it's illustrated by Michael Slack. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty fun. All right. Mm -hmm. Wow, that sounds like a good one. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to book number... That'd be for grade school age kids. Yeah, grade school. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Another one that is also... Nonfiction that's for a younger audience is called Birthday on Mars. And it's written by Sarah Schoenfeld. All right. And illustrated by Andrew Ross, no relation. <laughs> um, and this is narrated by Curiosity, which is one of our Mars rovers that we've sent up to land on Mars and, okay. and um, you know, scoot around and try to discover things for us. Um, my name is Curiosity, and I live on Mars. And uh, Mars is telling the story of, uh, or Curiosity, excuse me, is telling the story of his experiences on Mars. Um, and this is based on a true story. We mm-hmm. have sent a number of rovers up there, and Curiosity is one of them. And as it happens in the book, um, Curiosity rover really did sing happy birthday to itself wow. after it had been on Mars for a year back in 2013. Uh, Was so it prompted to do that? Uh, I th- or Don't, programmed. Now it doesn't say that. Uh, prompted. Um, programmed. It might have been, yeah. Um, or did it come up with that on its own? Artificial it intelligence. It doesn't say mm. in the notes in the back about that. Mm. That's a good question. Um, I'd like to think that it came up with it on its own, but you know, <laughs> it is just a machine, right? Yeah. Um, happy hey, birthday so to me, it's saying. W- one mm-hmm. thing I noticed right away is that there's a, a lot... Uh, a lot less text in mm-hmm. this book yeah. as opposed to the last one. So is this this is for younger group yes. of readers, this right? This is in our E okay. nonfiction, E for easy, and it's yeah, up to you know, preschool through first grade or so. Yeah. Um, obviously meant to be read aloud to kids with one line or so on each page. Um, really fun illustrations, I think. Yeah, really, the, the you know. illustrations fill the mm-hmm. entire page, right. whereas the last book, right. uh, you had little boxes, little windows that mm-hmm. had different illustrations mm-hmm. and factoids and, and then, you know the, and so the text is geared for that age group also uh-huh, you know uh-huh. curiosity says things like you might think it's lonely here but i talk to my friends on earth every day i tell them what i've learned and send them pictures of what i've seen so it's not exactly the way you would you know phrase it for a fourth to sixth grader but sure. it gets the point across right so okay. and i thought it was pretty fun it's really pretty new too in fact it just came out this month oh yeah okay so Brand once new. again that's birthday on mars mm-hmm. and who's the author by sarah schoenfeld okay Mm-hmm. And we we can look it up for you by title. Can't you, can't leave out that illustrator. Oh, the illustrator, right. Andrew, Andrew. Ross. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fun. I found that on the new bookshelf. Okay. Once again, we are exploring our catalog, all of the fun space books that are appropriate for <laughs> all kinds of kids' readers mm-hmm. um, for to, you know, embrace our summer reading theme, which is a universe of stories. Mm-hmm. So let's blast off with yeah. the next title. Well, this one I like really a lot, too. It just came out last year. It's called Hidden Figures, uh, the true story of four black women and the space race. And these women, their story has been told in a number of different ways for all ages. They're adult books with the same title um, and books in the J section for, for uh, upper elementary and middle school kids. This is in the E section for a younger audience okay. again. 
Uh, but it's the same story. Uh, made made into a Hollywood movie as well. It was well. made into a Hollywood movie, and it's about Catherine, Dorothy, Mary, and Christine. Who are How all good often at math. does that happen, Dennis, where there's, mm. uh, you know, some Hollywood movie, and mm-hmm. uh, then there's versions of, of a book of, of the movie or mm-hmm. the, of the story? Uh, for all different levels. Well, this one, as far as I know, the book was probably written first before the movie. Sure. If you if you see it where there's um, an edited or a, a version for teens and grade school and young kids uh-huh. and all about the same story, that means that all comes after a Hollywood hit. Okay, sure. There's a big hit movie that everybody already knows the story, and so they want to start making versions to sell for all kinds of age groups. Right. And I'm sure that's what happened here, because this just came out last year. And it's a good and important story. Oh, yeah, so right. it makes sense. You, right. want to, you want to share it with Yeah, and this one, kids. one thing I really like about it is that it is simplified for a younger audience, but it's not dumbed down. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. the, the text is written in, a, in, a, in such a way that, you know, um, oh, maybe kindergarten to second graders could understand what they're saying. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not dumbed down. So we only can think to put it. It's uh, right. really, really well written. Um, one interesting thing about it is so the story and the line that keeps getting repeated throughout the book and each of these four women's stories is that they were good at math. And, and as it says, really good, <laughs> really good at math. And so, and actually they, they don't, are not called women. They're called computers. These people were so good at math that they actually became computers. Sure. Which was our version of computers during World War II and then after World War II and then in the early days of the space race and in the late 1950s and the 60s, they were actually our living computers. They and other people like them that helped us get into space successfully people and come back alive. computed well. Right. So they were, they're called computers all the way through. And the other thing that keeps getting repeated is, that, is our lines like, because she didn't give up and because she fought, she, they kept getting nothing but resistance. They were black women, so, uh-huh. I mean, that was two strikes against them sure. right off the bat when, you know, wanting to be involved in something like this. You know, no women were allowed in the first place, and then especially not black women, but they were so good and they wouldn't give up. Yeah. They kept pushing and they kept trying, and then because of that, because they kept fighting, they became the first to do this and the first to do that, and you know. And yeah. um, when John Glenn was about to be launched into to our first orbit, uh-huh. um, he wanted Catherine to double check the calculations before they blasted him off into space. That, That's how good a computer she was. Wow. So. They were really good, and they pushed, and they fought, and that's why their story is so compelling. Yeah, and, and, and isn't that yeah. the how so many good stories go that that, mm-hmm. that you know you're faced against insurmountable odds, but mm-hmm. somehow you right you overcome the adversity. Right, you need to have the talent and the ability first, but you also have to sure stick with it. And so, anyway, the author's name is Margot Lee Shetterly, and I'm pretty okay. sure this the author of the adult version of the book too. Oh, okay. Um, and it's illustrated by Laura Freeman. Um, and I think she's done some other kids' books, too, that I haven't read. But um, they both did a very good job on this. It also includes a timeline in the back yeah. and more a glossary and author's notes to explain a little bit more and short biographies of each of the four women. So it's just really, really well done book. Lots wow. of It's worth reading yeah. together with your children. Yeah, that looks... That looks pretty excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is. what is the next out of this world selection that you have um, for us? I had this is an old favorite of mine that I was really happy to see we still own. In fact, there was a new edition 
that just came out a few years ago. It's called Companies Coming. Companies Coming. Yes, by Arthur Yorinks. Okay. And David Small, who are really well known names in the world of children's picture books, especially. Uh, Yorinks actually has won a Caldecott medal for a book called Hey Al. And um, David Small has written and illustrated many, many books for children. Okay. Um, the classic Imogene's Antlers. Um, among others, but um, I'm dying to know: are are, are the out of uh, uh, the, the company that's coming? Are they from outer space? They are. Oh my indeed, gosh! Indeed, yes. <laughs> this is about a a nice couple named Shirley and Mo, and Shirley had invited all the relatives to dinner, and Mo was getting the yard mowed and getting the grill ready. When guess what lands in the backyard? A spaceship, a spaceship that looks a lot like a, a Weber grill, but. Um, <laughs> Two young fellow, two young aliens pop out and and ask if uh, they might use the bathroom. And Mo, Mo's taken aback, and but Shirley is very warm and welcoming all the way through the story. And he's afraid that you know that they were going to get blasted by ray guns and they're dangerous and we shouldn't be trusting them. And she's she's like you know just calm down. We can be friends with everybody. We're you know, and the strangers are all are all excited about you know visiting some more and it's what a lovely house you have and we're from far away and of course he wants to run him off and call the army and Shirley wants to invite him back for dinner so they say sure we'll be back at six o'clock and they while they're off and she's getting dinner ready he's calling the national guard and the oh, army no. and the navy and the air force and before they're due to arrive back the house is surrounded by you know the same kind of scene you've seen in the movies right. many times and um the relatives are all here by then, and when they show up, they bring in a gift, and of course that Mo's all, you know, threatened by that too. And Shirley's offering them drinks and potato salad, and the neighbors are getting to know, or the relatives are getting to know them too. It's really just the illustrations are just as much fun as the story. That's the best yeah, part you know, about I, it. They really are. This the, is, the illustrations kind of look to me like uh, colorized versions of. Uh, political cartoons you'd see in the New Yorker. Yeah, David Small is, is excellent. I wouldn't be surprised if he had done some of those. It doesn't say so on the uh, the back flap of the book, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I wouldn't He's, say like they're adult-oriented or anything, but yeah, they they definitely uh, they have a unique style to them. They're, yeah, they're fun. They have a lot of adult appeal, that's for sure. So they, they seem to have um, a lot of uh, expression in the faces. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. That's one of his best skills, I think. Um, Anyway, about the time they're getting ready to open the, the present and the, and the armed forces are getting ready to blast them, it turns out it's a blender, which, which, <laughs> which Shirley just loves because she didn't have one and it was so thoughtful. And, and it was on sale, the spacemen beamed. So um, she'd made, luckily, she had made extra spaghetti and meatballs. Everybody had a nice dinner together. It's just. <laughs> It's really a fun story. It's a happy ending. That's yeah. great. Isn't that great? Yeah. So Company's Coming. Yeah. By by Arthur Yorinks. By Arthur Yorinks. Yeah, that's really a fun one. Illustrated by David Small. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah, both and, of those names are worth looking up yeah. for their other works. Yeah, he's there a Caldecott medal winner, and you mentioned mm-hmm. that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yorinks did, and uh, David Small's done you all know, kinds of great books. I think we should stop here and, mm-hmm. and mention uh, the Caldecott Award, because I think a lot of times we as you know folks that work in a library mm-hmm. just assume that everyone is up on that but oh, right. but that's that's the award for the best illustrator children's illustrator every year correct uh, yes um it's for i forget the exact language but it's an uh, illustrations in a, in a book for children um 
either published in the United States or by an illustrator who lives in the United States, one or the other. And it's voted on by librarians, correct? There's a yeah, a, cha- a committee, a different committee every year. Okay. Chosen by the uh, Children's Division of ALA, the American Library Association. Wow. That's a, uh, I forgot, 13 to 15 different people every year okay. who read many, many hundreds of books all year long and, and discuss them online with each other and narrow them down as the year goes along. And then they meet at uh, the American Library Association Midwinter Conference and lock themselves in a room for two or three days and hash it out. And oh, wow. Huh. Very strict judging guidelines and very strict rules about how the votes are taken okay. and counted. And it's a big deal. I have a very naive question for you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been on the uh, selection committee? I have not. Well, those of you out there in uh, podcast land, <laughs> let's make <Yes>. this happen. <laughs> let's start the Dennis Ross campaign yeah, uh, for Caldecott judging today. <laughs> we have um, a number of Johnson County Library staff who I, have been on that committee and other right. award committees, such as the Newberry Medal and the, uh, I think even the Prince Award, but. Um, and the Audis for audiobooks. We've had a number of our staff have been chosen for those committees in yeah. the past. And they're very, and, you know, that makes me unhappy, but they always abide by the rule to not disclose any of the discussion oh. of the committee. That is one of the first rules. It stays, whatever, whatever's talked about in that room stays in that room. Oh, but that's, that's some of the most fun part. To, people I'm, have done their best to pry it out of them. And as far as I yeah. know, every one of them has stuck to their promise. Well, I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's all opinion, so yeah, there's, nothing, right. there's nothing wrong with that. And so right. hearing the inside scoop on how the decisions are made, I think, I think that would be very interesting. Well, it's, it's also, it's not just a big deal to librarians, it's a big deal to publishing companies uh-huh. and, and the authors. A book that wins a medal like that um, has a tremendous boost in sales and uh-huh. prestige, and all that's very important to publishing companies. I see. And there's a lot of politics involved okay. in this you know, things that might because have been it, said it, to... Potentially be, could become very formulaic, right? That that if if mm-hmm. some of how um, a winning illustration, how a winning illustration is determined, if you could mm-hmm. say, well, that's the way to do it, then you lose a lot of creativity. Right. You and, get a lot of, and, and they need to feel free right. to, to speak, you know, openly and honestly with each other sure. without fear of having their comments repeated, um, especially negative ones. Sometimes in stories that I've heard that are, you know, said just in general terms without giving anything away about how, you know, the difference between one book winning and another book not winning can be a very tiny, tiny little picky detail. Yeah. um, Or another negative, any negative comments might not make some people happy. Sure. And that that, that totally makes sense. Um, you know, I, right. I I love competition shows. Right. Like one one that I really love is called uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Top Chef. You know, and right. so in the beginning, it's pretty easy to figure out who's on the bottom because you burn a protein. Hey, you right. gotta go. <laughs> you use too much salt. Right. Whatever. Right. But when they get down to the top four chefs, uh-huh. they're all so good that you know you could hit it out of the park. Right. But there's just something that's a slight preference. And I think there's a lot of that. That's probably fairly similar to what happens in these committees. I mean, people that I know that have been on them will say that in those kind of general terms. Yes, it was very 
It was a very tiny little thing. Right, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. Right. It's just opinion or right. just a preference because you're forced mm-hmm. into having to make that decision. Yes. There has to be one winner, right? Well, and this year's award winners and honor winners might very well not have been winners with last year's committee or next year's committee. Right. There's all different people every time. Fascinating. So mm-hmm. that kind of adds to the fun of it. It's a big deal in, in the library community and also with authors and illustrators and publishers. Yeah, I, especially mm-hmm. knowing how difficult it is to, to yeah. finalize that, that one winner. Right. Oh, boy. Okay, well, let's jump back into our list of yeah. space-themed books for kids yeah, to well, celebrate our summer reading here. theme, um, Universe of Stories. Well, one or two. This one is called Almost Astronauts, 13 Women Who Dared to Dream. And it's the true story of the Mercury 13 women. And it's written by Tanya Lee Stone. Um, And I think it's published, I think, with the cooperation of uh, the Smithsonian. Um, It's actually a misnomer, as it says in the front. These 13 women were never really part of the Mercury space program but they went through many of the same tests that the Mercury astronauts did. And that's what this story is about. Um, These women really wanted to be astronauts, and this is back in the early days of our space program, and when Mercury and, you know, the the test pilots who had the right stuff were were going through all kinds of tests and and intensive training to see if they were the right people to get blasted off into space. Right. And, um, And this was 20 years before the U.S. officially admitted women into the astronaut program. So there were these 13 women, and they were they were fighting like those other women. They were fighting for their right to go into space too. Um, they were they went through all the same training programs, the same tests. Um, they proved eventually that they really were not only as tough as the toughest men, but they were brave enough to challenge the government. So there were politics involved and in, um, in, in, in and outside of the space program. So the book, in, in addition to telling the story of these 13 amazing women, um, includes a lot of beautiful photographs of, the, of them and their training and documents, but it also gives a lot of context about um, the struggle for um, women's liberation in the 50s and 60s, you know, the context in the, that was happening in the wider world um, and the breakthroughs in science and technology that the space program brought about and how they were involved in that. Uh, it has details about the training and the tests they went through. It's got the pictures of, you know, the dunk tank where they strap them in and turn them upside down underwater sure. and um, all the same thing the men were doing. Hmm. Um, it's a kind of a fast read uh, for a nonfiction book. It's not very thick, and it's got lots of photos, um, lots of good notes, and pictures of them at a reunion. Um, when the first woman who was a, who piloted a space shuttle, before that launch, they were all invited to sit in the front row at the launch site for wow. that particular launch. And of course, they were quite a bit older by then, but it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. And so there's pictures of that, that also and other pictures of other female astronauts in the space shuttle and people who finally did get to fly with men. Great um, photographs. Yeah, great photographs. Wow. It's just a it's just a really What a great piece um, of history, huh? Yeah. Um, some of the and it's really well written too. They um, they were almost astronauts. The 13 uh, out of the 11 surviving members, 8 of them made it to that that kind of reunion launch celebration. Um, 
and there's a picture of Eileen Collins, the first woman to command a space shuttle, getting suited mm. up for that launch. And um, she thought it was a pretty big deal that these other women had invited too. Neat. Yeah. So it's really, you know, it's another one of those stories that you don't get to hear a lot about if you just if you just learn about the space program by watching TV. Sure. You know, um, but I, I find these kind of stories very interesting. Very good. What was yeah. the name of that one again? It's called Almost Astronauts, 13, 13 women, women Who Dared to Dream. Yeah. The True Story of the Mercury 13 Women. Mm-hmm. And it's by Tanya Lee Stone. Tanya Lee Stone. Uh-huh. And again, that's in our J nonfiction. So I would say, you know, upper elementary and middle school Yeah, it looks like more advanced mm-hmm. reader, but... Right. Yeah. Right. Good, good piece but of But once nonfiction. you get into it, it's really, really interesting, and it goes fast. Okay. Uh, and I did bring one other one um, that... Um, I was disappointed to see we don't have very many books in this very this old series left. Oh, okay. Um, but I grabbed it anyway just for fun in case we had time for one more. And it's called Earth Mobiles. Earth Mobiles. As okay. explained by Professor Zargel. <laughs> I love it. It's written by Gene Willis, Jeannie or Gene Willis, and illustrated by Tony Ross. There's a whole series of these. Is Professor is- Zargel the... Uh, kind of bird-like looking alien That's, creature yeah. on roller skates Actually, on these the are, Yes, these are all aliens. Okay. Um, the first one was called Earthlets. In fact, it's translated into human by Jeannie Willis. It's not written by Jeannie Willis. And the, these are from the late 80s and early 90s, and I was disappointed to see that they were not available anymore. But Professor Zargel has a class of young aliens on whatever planet they live on, and his job is to teach them about life on Earth. Okay. And his explanations about how Earth Earthlets live <laughs> Earthlets. are pretty entertaining. And he yeah. has three eyes. Oh, yeah. And the kids do, too. So he tries to describe how human transportation works. Um, oh, how fun. And yeah. The, the illustration reminds me of Schoolhouse Rock a little bit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Tony Ross's his illustrations are always very, very humorous. Yeah. Um, so they show bucking broncos, people trying to to uh, ride horses back in the old days, and he's trying to explain um, bicycles, but he calls it a two-wheeled spin-mobile. <laughs> you, you balance yourself on the seat and grip the front prongs with your tentacles and quickly bounce up and down. Um, he's yeah. So anyway, all the books are like this. It's Professor Zargel trying to explain Earth life to his young students in, in his own way, which is, you know... Um, what a great angle for a story. He calls cars stink fumers. Stink fumers. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, the earthlings have to rub their stink fumer until it shines every Sunday. And <laughs> lie underneath it and tickle its tummy with a metal fork. And inside, sometimes he hangs fuzzy cubes with dots on them. And he explains water travel and, and in his own way to describe boats. Yeah. And so this is the one about... Um, Earthlet transportation. That's why it's called yeah. Earthmobiles. Earthmobiles, um, gotcha. Mm. So unfortunately, like I said, we don't own very many of the rest of the books in this series. It was one of my personal favorites in the old days, but um, it's very, very funny for young young readers will get a kick out of it. They like that absurd humor, sure. the silly things, you know, like the stupids and the dumb bunnies and um, just really silly, stupid things. They really, really like that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So once again, that was Earthmobiles, as explained by Professor Zargel. <laughs> yeah. And translated by Gene Willis. Right. Illustrated right. by Tony, Tony Ross. Tony Ross. Okay. Wow. You know, Dennis, that that's not enough. That, <laughs> that it's, it's really not. But, but we, we have 
a place that folks can go. Uh, That's right. You can go talk to your local uh, youth services librarian. They'll be happy to give you and uh, give you all kinds of suggestions right. and direct you yeah. to where We're you can all... find all kinds of books. Mm-hmm. You can also go to jocolibrary.org. Check out our catalog. Um, you know, uh, it's a great time to introduce kids how to search the catalog. Mm-hmm. You could do a keyword search, right, for space. Right, right. And uh, uh, today you presented both nonfiction and fiction, and so mm-hmm. lots of different levels. And the way you figure out if you can read it is you open it up. Right. Check the first page, check the flap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all have our old favorites like I did, and we have lists, many lists you can search. Sure. And, um, there's many ways to find what you want, yes. Well, thank you so much for coming by today to talk about some books about space for kids that help us celebrate our summer reading theme, which once again is A Universe of Stories. Did we miss a question you wish we would have asked? Do you have thoughts or stories about today's topic? Share them with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash jocolibrary. And now, our writer's quote of the day. I'm Amy Field, and I'm on the Johnson County Library web content team. And here's one of my favorite author quotes by Catherine M. Valente from The Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Ship of Her Own Making. Stories have a way of changing faces. They are unruly things, undisciplined, given to delinquency and the throwing of erasers. This is why we must close them up into thick, solid books so they cannot get out and cause trouble. We leave you with sounds from one of our locations. It's your audio minute we call Library Zen. Episodes of Did You Hear? Go to the Johnson County Library website, jocolibrary.org/slash Did You Hear.